interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Hello humans, it's Rob here with Not A Robot Podcast, DC Comics Review Show number 88, the world's greatest comic show about the world's greatest superheroes, and with me as always is Brandon and Josh. Just to let you know, if you ever want to get in touch with us, you can send us an email to comics at notarobotpodcast.com, and you can get us on Twitter too, at notarobotcomics. And if you feel like supporting us, you can do that too. Visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash podcast for very little a month. We also have our very own Discord server. All of us here at Not A Robot are online and ready to chat. And with some support, you can find your way into the server to talk all things geek with us and other fans. Keep an eye on Twitter for more info. So today, we are looking comics-wise at... One Dark Knight number two, Batman Beyond the White Knight number one, The Swamp Thing number eleven, Aquaman number two, Shadow War Alpha number one, and War for Earth three number two, with a couple of honorable <laughs> mentions as well. Uh, so before we get into that, we got some news to talk about. There's been some interesting stuff going on in DC recently, uh, namely. I don't remember the other point I was going to make because I forgot to write that down. But primarily, we have the Round Robin Volume 2 that is back online for you to vote on on uh, the DC Comics. I think DC Nation Twitter, their Instagram page, and if you're in the US, I know DC Universe Infinite has come to Canada. But having been on it myself, so far I've only been able to access the comics. So I don't believe the forums or any voting system is available for anywhere outside of the U.S. yet. But again, don't quote me. I might not be doing it right. But (laughs) until then, we have this year's entrance in the Round Robin Tournament 2022. By the way, I need to say, thank goodness there's no bad book. Because last year was a shit show for that. It really was. It really was. Oh, man. As for this year, though, we have Hawkman and Hawkwoman the Changeling going up against Wildcat Nine Lives. We have The Questions, that's plural, Questions, Grand Solution, going up against Constantine and the Demon Vacation from Hell. Suicide Squad Dark versus Justice League Redacted. Firestorm Fourth World Problems versus Kid Flash The Speed of Fear. Black Canary When Canaries Cry versus Green Lantern The Light at the End of Forever. DC Horror presents Ghost Tour from Hell versus Animal Man the Metamorphosis. Green Lantern the Birth of Conspiracy versus my favorite, which is going to lose, Captain Carrot the and his best friend Darkseid. Superboy the Man of Tomorrow versus Cyborg Cyber Gods is the last matchup we have. Some very interesting choices this year. I think there's a lot of good ones. I, I mentioned my favorite is Captain Carrot, but that's only because I that was my childhood. I'm a huge Captain Carrot fan. I still have copies of the Amazing Zoo Crew somewhere. All right. I just really want Captain Carrot to get his own book. Just just one. Just like a two-issue mini even. Just, just give me a one-shot. Just give me something. I want to see the Zoo Crew again. But right. as far as I can tell, it is losing on every forum. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah. People are gonna vote for Green Lantern more than they're gonna vote for Captain Carrot. Uh, yeah. Speaking of votes, um, I, before before I bring the, the rest of that up, let me point out uh, before you vote on this, if you haven't already, or if you haven't gone to every single forum that you can vote on, uh, before you do, 
don't just judge it by the titles because the the titles i mean i honestly i'm not exactly sure what the hell dc was thinking with this but the titles don't reflect how good the the synopses are for these titles um dc comic dc comics horror dc horror comics presents uh ghost tour from hell that sounds absolutely stupid but if you read the synopsis it's actually a pretty good one now granted i didn't vote for that one but still it sounds pretty damn good um hawk man hawk man and hawk woman versus wildcat uh, I love me some Wildcat. Wildcat is awesome, but the 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 storyline for Hawkman and Hawkwoman, even though I don't get the changeling part, uh, I definitely voted for the Hawks on that one. Uh, I'm a big, huge questions fan, but the story for Constantine and Etrigan sounded way better. Uh, mm-hmm. Sui- Suicide Squad Dark versus Justice League Redacted. The Suicide Squad Dark sounds like a great book, but again, I'm I'm. Even as a huge Batman fan, I've got a bunch of Batman fatigue, and Batman as a vampire is not something that we need to see again. It's happened a ton. I get the appeal of having a magic-based Suicide Squad, but at the same time, that's Justice League Dark with villains. So, eh. Um, If that's not obvious, I I chose Redacted because the Redacted storyline sounds really interesting, and it's got some... I would say an unusual team that that could pr- produce a really good story on that. Uh, that's a Justice League led by Green Arrow, and that is something else. Uh, we got Firestorm versus Kid Flash. I voted for Firestorm, even though Kid Flash's story sounds pretty good. Uh, Black Canary versus Green Lantern. I went with the Canary Cry. Of course, I like I mentioned before, I didn't vote for Ghost Tour. That's going up against Animal Man and... You know, damn it, uh, Green, uh, Green, <laughs> Grant Morrison uh, has just, he made me fall in love with a- Animal Man, and I voted for this again. Even though he's not at the helm of this, I just, I have wanted more Animal Man since that book fell off. Um, I'm on Rob's side with Captain Carrot. Even though it's losing, I had to cast my vote. I think that's a fun book rather than to the dark and dismal green lantern title that it's going up against and with superboy versus cyborg i went with these uh uh, with cyborg i think that's gonna be a i think that would be a hell of a book and if i if i can just go on to say this um i i wish that this was more of a most popular vote rather than which one is going to be published because i want to read all of these yep 100 and that that is that that was definitely not the case in the last round the last time we had a round robin i was like uh, half of these are kind of eh. the other half sounded amazing but half of them i was just i was not up on board with and let's be honest the the robins book that one like that really sucked <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, it, it started out interesting, but it quickly got stale for me. Yep. I might I, when I, it's actually done, I might go back and like check out all the issues one more time. But by issue three or four, I was kind of like, "What? What are we doing here?" Yeah, I was the same way. But issue three, and I put it down. I'm just like, "This is boring." Yeah. Do you remember who you voted for? 
Um, mostly, I, I've with the choices you have, I was mostly opposite, to be honest with you. Um, I believe I voted Wildcat. I don't quite remember the plot for Hawkman and Hawkwoman. That was the first one on the list, but I remember the plot for Wildcat, and I thought that was that was a really cool idea that we don't really ever see in Wildcat. But when's the last time Wildcat had his own book? It's been yeah. decades, I think. So it has. Um, it's been a, well. Uh, I feel like we had a. I'm probably wrong, but I feel like there was a peak at it during um, the New Fifty Two. Possibly, yeah. Uh, questions and Constantine shit. and the Demon. They they both have great plots, but Constantine and the Demon is a choice for me. It, it's an easy choice. Both fantastic characters, and to see them team up uh, looks really interesting. Suicide Squad Dark and Justice League Redacted. I honestly picked Suicide Squad Dark this time. For me, Justice League Redacted, as cool as it sounds, it also sounds exactly like Checkmate that we got very recently. It Green Arrow leading a shadow team an underground yeah, squad of heroes and, this, and characters that it, it feels like something that we've got more recent where suicide squad dark while it is vampire batman and that would make a lot of people's eyes roll it's something different and that's what i look for in books fair enough i just i feel like yeah. you're right this was very, the the idea although the cast is not the same um, the, yeah. Well, some of it is, <laughs> but uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I feel like this is almost a chance at redemption for that because, well, honestly, checkmate was Brian Michael Bendis, and I feel like that was a really big fumbled ball there. Yeah, and so I was like, eh, let's give this another go. May as well. I'm excited to see who the creative teams are for both of these books because, unfortunately, only one's going to make it past this round, but that could mm-hmm. make or break either of these books is seeing the creative team and i think it's round two we see the creative teams yeah uh firestorm and kid flash was a very very hard choice for me because while it's been a long time since you had a firestorm book and it sounds dope as hell um it's also been a long time since we've had wallace and i did make the mistake on uh, I was going to say Slack on Discord when I said it was Bart, but it's not Bart. I just wish it was Bart uh, since we've had Wallace doing anything by himself outside of the Titans. And it is featuring Parallax, which is a storyline that I absolutely love. So I was kind of a toss-up. I think I think I voted for Kid Flash. I honestly don't remember because I, I, I hemmed and hawed about that one for a long time. Uh, Black Canary and Green Lantern, The Late at the End of Forever, neither of them really excite me. Right. But, now I don't remember which one I voted for. I think I voted for Green Lantern. That would make sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, mostly because of a choice I made later on. Uh, Ghost Tour from Hell versus Animal Man. I had to go for Animal Man. While they both sound amazing, it's been a long time since we've had Buddy Baker in any light, let alone his own book. So give me give me more Buddy Baker, especially with the plot that they've given. It sounds amazing. Uh, Green Lantern, The Birth of Conspiracy, and Captain Carrot and his best friend Darkseid. I already stated how huge a fan of Captain Carrot I am, and everybody should know by now I am also a huge fan of Green Lantern. Uh, the Birth of Conspiracy plotline sounds really cool, but it's been so much longer since we've had a Captain Carrot book. So I voted Captain Carrot because I goddamn need to. 
And that also influenced <laughs> right. my choice against Black Canary with the other Green Lantern book. So if I'm going to get one Green Lantern book, I'm going to vote for one. I'm not going to vote for the other. <laughs> um, Superboy, The Man of Tomorrow, and Cyborg, Cyber Gods. I picked Super... Yeah, Superboy. I was going to say Superman. Superboy, The Man of Tomorrow. The Cyborg story just sounds kind of dull. I feel like... And not to diss any Cyborg fans out there. Cyborg's a great character. Vic Stone is awesome. But I've never really enjoyed any solo book he's had. And I've seen... the, the the, The reason why I was swayed towards Cyborg is because the idea of a dark, gritty, borderline, almost, I would say... Uh, omnipotent uh not quite a villain but very detached and very robotic cyborg um with a with a very it seems like dark and gritty storyline that kind of appealed to me so i I was all about that yeah i mean that's fair so that that is very fair It, it could be amazing it could be really fucking good you you pretty much uh you pretty much teamed up with holly there um the oh yeah yeah, she negated all of my votes, just about, <laughs> just a little bit more than half, and you were on her team, so my votes don't count, but that's all right. <laughs> um, so that's it for round robin, man. I hope whatever it is that comes out is is a really good book, because again, last 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 year it was it it almost felt predetermined, and it ended up with. On a pretty subpar. Sorry, I just uh, while I was reading the the, uh, the titles off Twitter, and I just saw um, for April first, DC tweeted out uh, an edit of the Batman movie poster with the red and black on it, but it's the Batmite, and the it Bat-mite. looks amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and it, the, the caption: "Nobody asked for this, so literally no one." And I'm sitting here thinking, "What do you mean? I think we've all asked for this. Right? <laughs> I think everyone's <laughs> asking for this. You, what the hell?" <laughs> uh, but hell beyond yeah. that, uh, that's funny. You said beyond because that yeah. might beyond. <sighs> oh, Brandon and I were talking about Batman Beyond just this morning, and all I can think about now is we've never had Terry McGinnis interact with Batmite, and this is a travesty. Agreed. Oh no! <laughs> uh, but that would be a hell of a we, fun book. It would be. I would love to see Terry interact with the Fifth Dimension. That would be fantastic. The Future Tech versus Fifth Dimensional Magic. Holy shit! <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Before we get into honorable mentions, though, I just want to give a dishonorable mention to a certain book that came out this week that, honestly, for some reason, got a full 22-page issue, despite the fact that it was fit for one of those old uh, back-page ads we had with the the product placement crossovers, like Green Lantern and The Flash helping uh, Colonel Sanders deliver some chicken to the world for some fucking reason, or whatever that story was about. I've got plenty of them in my library, man, and let me yeah. tell you, they're, they're all <laughs> Those bad. are fun, but they're also one page. But for some fucking reason, we had Batman Phase Clan as a crossover. I let me let me just say, I am a gamer. I I do follow some esports. I don't follow it religiously. I'm aware of its existence. I have watched it, but like real sports, I don't really follow it to a T. I watch highlights. I, I watch a match here and there, but I don't, like, get super excited about it. So 
realistically, I might be the target audience for this. I'm a gamer that follows esports that also reads comics. And even I think it's a waste of time. It's so fucking Agreed. dumb. It I gave is. it a good shot. I I say good shot. I got two, three pages in and I closed it. I just couldn't do it. It was so cringy. <laughs> and so stupid. Cringy. Such a waste oh, of time. Oh my god. And and, and we while that gets greenlit and gets a full release, we have to vote on sixteen amazing sounding books, and only one's gonna make it out alive. Yep. I was just and gonna And none of the other fifteen books from last about... year actually got published. It's so yeah. stupid. Very stupid. Very sad. Very yeah. Sad. Very depressing. Oh, I'm bringing on my inner Dirk. <laughs> Dirks. <laughs> <laughs> I caught that. I was going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, Batman face clan, guys, guys, girls, everything in between. You guys just, man, just go ahead and skip it. Let Don't yeah. buy this shit. Letting DC know that we don't need streamers imported into comic books. Yeah, it's... It's not a great idea. Like maybe they just had great success with the Batman Fortnite crossover, but I don't think they realized that they might have sold so many because they were giving away costume like um, cosmetics for the game in those issues, and that's why people were going out and buying it. <laughs> yep. This this is yep. not the way to go. Nope. Have I Batman crossover with actual man. games. Oh yeah. I had, yeah. Oh geez. Yes. Because. Um, my kids were like, "Hey, you know, if you if you buy this comic, we get the skins." Well, if it, you know, I've got two two kids that are hella into Fortnite, so um, I signed up. Both of them got a uh, DC Universe subscription, and it took quite a while for all of the issues to roll out. So I had a subscription for both of them for the entire time. And, uh, you know, myself as well, but that's just because I wanted one, but not for the Fortnite. And so DC Universe got quite a bit of cash for me. And then at the end, or at least near the end of it, I found out that you could just go into the game and buy them as well and not have to pay for the subscription. And it would have been cheaper for me to do the in-game purchases than it would have been for me to, to do it through DC Universe. That bummed me out. I got ripped off, but... Yeah. Kids were happy, so oh well. As long as somebody read the books too, because I, I hear they were actually pretty good books. They, it it was they, they uh, my my youngest didn't read them. He wasn't interested in anything other than the skins. But my oldest yeah. did, and 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 I read them, and they they were good stories. It was it was pretty interesting. All right, where else will you see Batman go up against Snake Eyes from GI Joe? <laughs> right. I remember Which that. Like, <laughs> why did that not happen before? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll, you never know. Like, uh, the Transformers and G.I. Joe licenses are leaving IDW near the end of the year, at least sometime this year, and we still don't know who's picking them up. So it could happen again in the future. Uh, with G.I. Joe, who knows? But I have a feeling Transformers is going to go to Marvel just because Marvel's got that past relationship with them. Yeah. I mean, the same thing happened with Star Wars. Yep. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, uh, the right, only other I thing, just... speaking of Marvel, uh, Moon Knight came out this week. Sorry, episode oh. one dropped. Yeah. Man, it's is it awesome. fucking good. 
Oh it's, my god, even if you're not a Moon Knight fan, check this out. And if you're not a Moon Knight fan, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> agreed, agreed. My personal opinion, and I know I'm gonna, I, I know a lot of people would disagree, but I think Moon Knight is the greatest Marvel character ever created. It's it, it's fun, it's interesting, it's a little spooky, it's gritty, um, and funny at times, and uh, it's just, I've I've loved nearly every Moon Knight series that I've read, and even the, even the weird ones. The, the super campy ones, the ones that almost don't make any sense. And it's just, they've been fantastic. I've, I've loved it. I love Moon Knight. Um, seriously, an amazing television show. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, definitely worth a look if you haven't yet. Uh, so I think that's it for news because there wasn't a lot to talk about this week. No, other than... Uh, I'm going to dump in a little something here. Uh, <laughs> DC has decided that they're going to get back into the NFT game and and sell oh, Batman yeah. cowls as NFTs, and they're going to be available for $300 a piece. If they sell, I believe they've got $300 a piece, and I believe that they've got... 20,000 or 200,000 out there available. I can't, don't ask me to do the math in my head right now, but, uh, I, I did the math beforehand a couple of days ago and they're looking at clearing. If they sell every single one for the price that they're asking, they're looking at clearing $60 million off of NFTs. Aww. Ride that train buddies. <laughs> Maybe that'll let you invest in some, 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 some titles that are outside of the Batman universe. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just a, it's so iffy getting into the NFT game because you're you're gonna get flamed endlessly online for anything you have to do with it. It it's oh, yeah. just a bad idea, and yet so many people, so many companies are getting into it. It's oh my god, we need to stop. It's ridiculous. I mean, you're paying for the rights to a picture that you don't actually own. You have to go to a website in order to visit the shit. I mean, people are buying NFT real estate for millions of dollars a pop? Yeah. What the hell? It doesn't make any sense. You're going to go buy a house you can't walk around inside of. All you can do is, like, look at a map of it. And it's nothing more than, ultimately, a, a, a status symbol but to me, <laughs> you're buying a picture that you can't even have on your computer. You have to go visit a website in order to look at it. Everybody else can look at it, too. You just get to say, hey, that's mine. Yeah. You're going to dump millions of dollars into that? Buddy, there's homeless veterans and children that need houses. There's people going hungry. We don't need to be buying digital homes for millions of dollars. That's you got too much money. You have too much money if that's what you're doing with your extra money. <laughs> yeah. Insane. It's just not worth it. Mm -mm. No, right. but I guess we'll go into so. the honorable mentions now that I'm done flaming a bunch of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the uh, I've got two that I wanted to dip into. Uh, the first one, just really briefly, 
A lot of these seemed familiar, so I'm not 100% sure, but I think that these were all digital first uh, stories, and it's just collected. But Sensational Wonder Woman special number one, it's a collection of good Wonder Woman stories, some old villains, new twists. There's even a body-swapping story. If you have been craving Wonder Woman stories that aren't um, that aren't today's Wonder Woman stories, going back a few years uh, to like the Rebirth era, uh, they're that kind of stories. The art in each of them is pretty good, and if you're into modern classic Wonder Woman, I guess I'll call it that, uh, this book is for you. So go ahead and check it out. If, if, if that's what you want, it's worth the money. I enjoyed it. Uh, DC vs. Vampires number 6 is my other honorable mention. Holy crap, what a horror comic, man. The story up until this issue has been pretty damn good so far, and this one is no exception. Uh, you, you guys both know I'm not a fan of Otto Schmidt, but I think he does a fantastic job in this entire series. This one especially. Uh, the twist at the end uh, regarding the Vampire King is just mind-blowing. I had no idea. I never saw that coming, and it was so good. This one should definitely be on your read list. Oh, yeah. Definitely. It is fantastic. It's such a good book. You didn't think it would be. Just, I remember when it first announced and we saw it in the solicits back in... How, not Maybe not the solicits, but when you first saw it was coming out back last year, whatever it was that they first announced it. We were like, eh, I don't know. And we were just yeah, getting off really uh, Deceased as well. And DC vs. Vampires announcing, eh, we just had a DC horror book. And like, eh, but it's so fucking good. It really is. I mean, I'm not going to stack Deceased up against this because I no. do feel like while they're both um, pretty much horror-based, I, I don't think that they're in the same realm, two totally different kinds of horror comics. And uh, they both of them are standing up very, very well. I still love Deceased. A lot of people didn't, but every single book was awesome. Wait, and who didn't? They're wrong. <laughs> I couldn't agree more, man. The DC vs. Vampires on its own, the book that's out now, it's pretty kick-ass. You should check it out. Yeah. Agreed. Right, you ready to swing that bat signal over onto some spotlight? Yeah, let's do it. And what a spotlight it is. It's good to mention you, you have a bat signal because both of them are Batman books. <laughs> And my goodness, the math I did last week on just, I forgot to mention before, I did the math for the last year's worth of comics up until, I think, the week before the last releases from the first week of March in 2021 when we had Infinite Frontier begin up until uh, two weeks ago, all of DC's releases, I took some liberties in it and I scaled how many releases were bat books and how many were not. And it is damn close to 50%. It is yeah. a bit ridiculous. <laughs> Very ridiculous. Yeah. And God, there were there were some books I didn't count. Uh, like, I didn't count Nice House in the Lake. I didn't count things that were out of continuity. I didn't count Batman Scooby-Doo Mysteries. But I did count other animated books like Harley Quinn, TAS, and Batman TAS Continues. Uh, those got counted as bat books because they're Batman related characters. It's just a, ridiculous. It's a bit much. 
I, I took a lot of liberties though, and if I didn't take those liberties, I think the bat-related books would have been a lot higher, which is is oh, just yeah. sad. Yeah. Oh hell yeah, it would have been. <laughs> All right. Uh, but our for our first spotlight book, we have Batman Beyond the White Knight. And me and Brandon have been waiting for this for a long time. We're both huge fans of Batman Beyond, as I'm sure many people are. Uh, and this is it, it's the third chapter in the White Knight universe, and is written and drawn by Sean Murphy, Sean Gordon Murphy, with colors from Dave Stewart and letters by And World Design. So we pick up pretty much where Curse of the White Knight ends off. It's now ten years later, and we see. Uh, deep in the bat cave, a man spelunking, if you will, into uh, the underground of the Wayne Manor. <clears throat> uh, but the police are there and are attacking, are, are tracking him. We find out is none other than Terry McGinnis, and he is talking to somebody on an earpiece who you might assume, based on Batman Beyond in the past, that it is an older Bruce Wayne. But as he puts on the futuristic bat suit, the experimental suit that Wayne had designed, and escapes the police, we then find out that it's none other than Derek Powers, the first big villain in Batman Beyond, who is eventually revealed to be... Oh, what the hell's his name? Oh, the guy with the green skin and the... Oh, Blight. <laughs> He's later revealed to be Blight. Uh, so we're we're unsure yet if that's going to happen in this version of the, the story, but so far it is quite exciting. We then go over to Stonegate Prison, not Blackgate, Stonegate Prison, where a riot is taking place. Uh, the guards are having issues trying to get in because they have a guard hostage, which is none other than Captain Todd, that is Jason Todd, who has elected to work at the prison because at that same prison is none other than Bruce Wayne. He asks for a weapon... And the guards just give it to him, and he goes in and takes out all the people starting the riot and saves Captain Todd. Uh, oh yeah, so these, these rioters are actually the children of Azrael. They're the blood of Azrael. They believe in, in his uh, his path and everything he had, and all Bruce does to the leader is talk him down because they share blood now, him and Azrael. If you remember from Curse of the White Knight. Uh, so that taught him down, and he did his one favor and let them all go. So Bruce and Jason leave, and then we get a little bit of history about Jason Todd. And it turns out that he's not the second Robin anymore. This is one of the many twists you get in this book. He was the first Robin before Dick, and the rest of his story goes off pretty much the same. He was taken by the Joker, almost killed, but then escapes runs away, doesn't go back, and when he does decide to go back, he finds that Bruce has taken in a new ward, and that's Dick Grayson. And we do get a little tease of, uh, you know, a, Sorry, Josh, I, I guess a little bit more backstory um, with Jason, which I'm really looking forward to you in, think, a, in uh, an upcoming miniseries that's going to focus on Red Hood with what seems to be his own Robin, up, which is, I think, also a very clever twist. Uh, um, and be, uh, you know, uh, should, should be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, but <laughs> Anyway, Bruce is, yeah, again, towards the end of the issue, Bruce is trying to break into prison to find out who this new mysterious Batman is running around in the uh, in the upgraded suit that he had stored in the Batcave. Uh, but before he can make it too far, 
um, into the city. He hears a joke from an old foe that I won't spoil, um, but it's one that'll definitely leave you shocked. That's what I'm um, sure that it's Yeah, this series doesn't miss a beat. I was... Um, I really well. I don't know that it's fair to say that I really enjoyed White Knight, but I thought it was very interesting. Um, and there were moments that left off on. I enjoyed more than others, but there there was always something about just the core of this series that kind of kept pulling me back and and you know kept me invested um, in reading all the sequel series and spinoffs. Let's go ahead and drop that there. This one is set you know in one of my favorite. Then we'll get on the switch. All right, eras of Gotham. The, the Beyond right, Era, the Batman Beyond recording. Era, and I'm really hoping they can lean into all the fun Easter eggs and, and uh, um, dynamics of that version of Gotham. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, and, of course, Sean Murphy's art doesn't miss a beat. It's absolutely incredible um, in each panel. Incredibly dynamic and fluid um, and just really great all around. So uh, this one got an 8.5 out of 10 for me. I was just really satisfied uh, with this first issue, and I'm hoping that the rest of the series is like this. Now, let me ask you guys this, because, Brandon, you didn't mention it, and while I, I do love Batman Beyond, I'm nowhere near as big a fan as the two of you. Is the Order of the Robins, is that is has is that how it always has been in Batman Beyond? No, nah, this is a new order. Okay, that's yeah. what I thought. That's what yeah. I thought. I thought yeah, that was... Yeah, yeah. That made it really, really interesting to me, having... Uh, having Dick not be the first Robin. Yeah, I I didn't mention that because they they talked about it in White Knight, and I think Murphy had admitted that um, that was a mistake. He'd meant to he'd meant for the oh. second Robin to be Jason Todd, um, but he he just kind of like screwed up the names. Um, but I guess just kind of decided to lean into it. it. Was like, hey, what if Jason was the first Robin? How would that be? Um, so would no, be I, like I, that it. that's not in the you know, Batman Beyond or Batman Toss canon, but I think it's a clever twist, an interesting twist, so. Yeah. Certainly changes things. Definitely, yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll be interested to see how this version of Jason Todd is uh, is different than uh, the, yeah. you know, canon version. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm so excited for, like, they didn't announce that he was getting his own book in the late night world i don't think i don't remember seeing anything so just to have that yeah no murphy page yeah beautiful murphy's been page, teasing it on his yeah murphy's been teasing it on his instagram page but to, to actually see that it's going to happen was was really cool um and i definitely want to see like him with his own robin um and, and what that's going to be like i guess that'd you can technically cool. see that if you've read batman and robin but um that's a very that's a very very different version of red hood and a, a robin type character uh, wingman and redbird is not the same yeah. thing <laughs> yeah. oh I, I was i was thinking red hood and scarlet um but oh, yeah okay. same thing that's a, yeah red red hood and scarlet was his weird warped version of batman and robin and that's 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 very different so um this will be cool to see i think Well, uh, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, I There's been swings through the White Knight uh, universe that I have enjoyed. Some that I thought were, I don't know, I guess a little talk, too drawn out. But this issue has kicked off in a big way. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, Murphy's art is, is gorgeous with barely any shading and just his pencils. 
So uh, it completely fleshed out with Stuart's colors. It, it's gorgeous to look at, and um, especially that last page. That last page was pretty badass. And uh, yeah, I, I I enjoyed the hell out of it too, man. I gave this an eight out of ten. Yeah, this is. I might be praising it a bit high, but this is everything I've wanted in a Batman book. <laughs> uh, it's got batman beyond it's got robins it's got twists it's got turns it's got reveals it's awesome and the art i could talk all day about the art it's just fantastic i gave it a 9.5 i've been waiting a long time for this book and it did not disappoint it did the complete opposite it got me more excited than i thought possible well right on then he did his job yeah All right, well, uh, I guess before we take the spotlight down, or I guess maybe we should call it the bat signal this time, we yeah. are going <laughs> to move on over to another spotlight. Yeah, a yes. bit of a dark yeah. one. Yeah. I think, I think the spotlight's uh... gone out, but... Uh... Yeah, yeah it's, it's darkness now. Um, but yeah, I'll yeah. pass that over to Rob. Uh, what's our next spotlight? Uh, so it is the one dark night because there is one dark night in it. There is not multiple. There is only one, and it's a dark night because the power's gone out. Uh, so this <laughs> is number two of three: a story and art from Jock, and letters from Clem Robbins. Uh, very quickly, Batman has EMP. If you remember from the first issue, EMP uh, his power went off and took all the power out of Gotham. So he has EMP in tow as he is taking him to, I believe it's Blackgate Prison, but he's on the far side of Gotham, the north side, and he has to go all the way to the south, but all the gangs of Gotham are closing in on him and taking him on enough to use up most of his weapons in the next few hours, and then he loses EMP in the sewers when he gets surrounded by a bit too many criminals, and then he dives in after them. After more gang members come in to fight the gang members that were fighting batman so it kind of all worked out in the end in a way but now he's underground mere mile away I, I think it was like a mile and a half away from the prison so he was really friggin' close i think he had to cross a bridge and he was there but now he's got to go in the sewers it's it's a whole thing <laughs> it's a fun story though. It's, <laughs> it, it sounds dark and it is it's very very dark um both in light and tone because we may have also seen the death of Renee Montoya in this. A very violent death, potentially. Well, they didn't show it. They certainly alluded to it. Uh, so that that was that was something. Uh, but beautiful art. Beautiful art. Interesting story. 8.5 out of 10 for me. For a three-issue black label, it's solid. It's a good run. Dirty-ass Vasquez leaving Montoya to die. Yeah. That's some bullshit. She's probably paralyzed from the waist down. That's, oh, dude, screw Vasquez. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Montoya doesn't <laughs> deserve that. Nope. But, yeah, I mean, the whole damn issue is it's so gritty that it's dirty. The the story, the art, all of it, but I love it. I love Jock's art style. Um, really, it's no wonder why Jock and Snyder make such a great team. They complement each other so well. Not that Snyder's a part of this, but I'm just saying, this 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 issue, this these first two issues, they've just been friggin' awesome. Waiting until June is going to suck. 
this is yeah. so we we know that this is only going to be a three issue arc. Yeah. Yeah, from what I've seen, I think it's only three issues. Yeah. All right. Now, the, the downside that I see to this issue is that I am picking up some TDK vibes from it a bit, but not that much in a bad way. I just had to throw it in as a downside to poke Brandon a little bit. Um, just kind of that it's <laughs> like it's the, like a really what uh, that it was. I was picking up some TDK vibes from it a little bit. Oh yeah, <laughs> but uh, I thought you said really TDK. I was like, I don't know what that oh, is. No, um, but. Like I said, it's it's not in a bad way. It's just in the Gotham is a hellhole and the gangs are out of control kind of way. Also, there is a lot going on. I think some readers with the book so spread out might or could lose interest or have trouble following what's going on because of how much there is to kind of keep track of. I'm super into it, so that hasn't been a problem for me, but I can see how it would be a problem for some people. Um if it's too if it's all i got to say is if 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 it's too stretched out for you if the issues are too far apart then uh you know buy them anyway and then read them read them in june <laughs> it'll it'll be worth it i gave it an 8 out of 10 cool yeah i have not read the uh the first or second issue for this so i think i'm just going to wait for the third to come out and then read it in one complete story which will be cool oh yeah well I wish yeah. I had that option. <laughs> I can't, though. I was like, what? Jock on a Batman book? Sign me up. Yeah. I didn't know it was going to be once every three or four months. but Yeah. Oh, well. All right. Well, that'll do it for our spotlight section this week. Uh, now, before we get into our regular reviews, we're going to take a brief commercial break. So stay tuned. We will be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Now, back to our program. All right, to start with our main reviews for this week, we're going to welcome a return of a familiar book that uh, I think all of us very much enjoy and are very much excited to crack into for this week. Uh, thank you, thank you. I'll be here all week. Uh, no, that is The Swamp Thing at number 11, which has nothing to do with me. Um, I wish it did, but it doesn't. Um, written, of course, by Rom V, uh, with art by the impeccable Mike Perkins, uh, colors from Mike Spicer, and letters from Aditya Bidikar. Um, the subtitle of this issue, even though the official title is Jericho's Rose, really the subtitle should be uh, Holy Comebacks, Batman, um, because, wow, there are a lot of comebacks in this issue. Um, two in particular. <coughs> um but uh, I'll, I'll get into that a little bit later. Um, not too much later, as our first reveal comes rather early in the issue. But uh, we start with Jennifer, who, after the whole fiasco at Prescott Industries, is talking with an unseen figure about what to do you know, with Levi now that he's gone. And she doesn't know where he is. And there's obviously some kind of romantic uh, tension between them that is still kind of unresolved. But she feels this you know, real strong... Um, desire to, to try and find Levi and, and make sure he's okay. Um, and really, she didn't know who else to turn to than someone who would be, you know, more familiar with the green than anyone. And as we know, Alec Holland is not Swamp Thing at the moment, and Abigail Arcane is busy doing other things. 
So who else could she turn to but Tiffy Holland, the daughter of Swamp Thing from the early 2000s run of Swamp Thing by Brian K. Vaughn, if I'm remembering correctly, um, which was very unexpected to see. I, would, like many others, idea. saw the cover and thought it was um, was Abigail, um, you know, with the blonde hair and the connection to Swamp Thing. But no, in fact, this is actually Tiffy Holland, the manifested daughter of the uh av <coughs> excuse me the alec holland swamp thing and the <clears throat> uh avatar of the uh avatar of the rot at that time uh, abigail arcane uh and tifi who again would probably know more about the green than anyone else decides uh, you know what you're probably better off just leaving levi to do his own thing uh, if i were you i would stay the hell out of this and and collect my stuff and just get the hell out of Dodge, not even bother with it. Um, Jennifer gives her last retort stating that you shouldn't just give up on humanity. There's some importance there, but Tiffy is like, yeah, no, I'm out of here. Uh, meanwhile, at a other Prescott Industries location in Norway, um, <clears throat> our Mr. Pilgrim is attempting to change the course of history by doing something that no one else has ever done before because we've seen... People connect with all these different parliaments, you know, the red, the green, the rot, due to their connections or uh, their families or anything else. But we've never actually seen someone forge a direct connection with one of these parliaments, with one of these aspects, using the body of another. Which is exactly what Prescott, with the help of uh, Dr. Jason Woodrow, is attempting to do right now by vivisecting the corpse of a, you know body that I think might have either been connected to the green or the black. Uh, I gotta double check on that. Um, but Definitely vivisecting that like body. Yeah, just wasn't really sure. Um, but vivisecting that body and attempting to implant some of those organs within his body to see if that connection will still remain. Um, cut to the forests of the green, um, where Levi Kamei is standing watch over one small rose hoping to protect it with all his might because it's the one thing he feels he has control over in a world that he's lost all kinds of control. Um, and this has nothing to do with the story, but oh my god, the panels on this particular scene by Mike Perkins are absolutely breathtaking. He's like just absolutely killing it on this series. I think he's actually trying to outdo his work on the previous ten issues, which is absolutely incredible. Um, you get that Jennifer impression, is, don't you? Just looking at it. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's gorgeous, and and I, yeah. I just I really hope you know, kind of like with Liam Sharp on the Green Lantern, you get more and more experimental with it, and just just go nuts. Um, but meanwhile, we cut back to Jennifer, who is attempting to forge some kind of connection to the Green, uh, and by extension, form some kind of connection <clears throat> um, to Levi, but is having no luck and no success there. It uh, seems like she's ready to give up when, of course, as I expected was going to happen, Tiffy shows up having a change of heart and decides to help out Jennifer um, connect with Levi. Um, they make their way to the green, of course, Tiffy acting as a conduit, um, but find that the green is in absolute turmoil due to the events of Levi's brother, Jacob, completely mucking up the parliament, making it a lot more dangerous for anyone else coming in. Um, you said mucking which means up. That, yeah, yeah. I was Sorry. wondering if someone was going to get With that. The swamp, that was pretty um, funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I thought no one would pick up on it, but I appreciated that you did. It shows you're a, you're a true dad that you can appreciate my dad jokes. Um, not that I'm a dad. 
<clears throat> um, but we cut back to Prescott Industries where Pilgrim post-op is feeling fine and looking to get back into action. And seemingly the operation went, you know, perfectly fine until we see his horrible, disgusting transformation as his body metamorphs into a thing of literal nightmares. And even though it looks terrifying to us, according to Pilgrim, he feels pretty great. So, hey, what do we know? Seems like his connection is working out pretty well. One man's connection, trash is another man's treasure. Yeah, that connection uh, seems to be having some kind of negative effect, not just on the parliament that Pilgrim had connected to, but all the parliaments and all people that have connections with the parliaments as uh, this ripple effect spreads out across the universe and we're shown various different locations, both in the green, in outer space, with a mysterious Green Lantern, who I'm very excited to see, connect with Swamp Thing, um, back to that, you know, um, industrial location we saw in the first issue of Swamp Thing, and finally to a distant rooftop motor city, uh, which I was very shocked to see this connection made. Um, we see our, our last connection in the form of one Jack Hawksmore. Yes, you heard me right. Mr. Jack Hawksmore of the authority fame who seems to identify something strange going on in the city of Detroit. Um, and let me tell so you, yeah, though, it, it's got to be really strange because there's always something weird going on in Detroit. <laughs> so I've heard. So I've heard. It's, it's got to be, yeah, it's got to be really out there if, uh, if Jack Hawksmore has to show up. Um, yeah, this issue is, or this series, I should say, is back. Um, this issue is great. The series is back, and like I said, Mike Perkins is just outdoing himself in, in every way, and, uh, um, you know, I, it seems like this issue, or this series is, I keep doing that, this series is going to 16, um, but I'm hoping that with the extensions that Rom V has talked about, it might be going for a little bit further than that. Obviously, you don't want the story to go on for too long, um, but I hope that you know we can at least get a good, long Swamp Thing story of this caliber. Um, but now uh, that we've come to the end of this issue, um, you can see why I wanted to call this title um, Holy Comebacks Batman or, or Holy Returns Batman or whatever I said initially um, because we get the return of two you know, very niche and obscure characters from the past uh, making their... Uh, return into the DC universe. Um, although I don't know if Jack Hawksmore has ever been a part of the proper DC universe. I don't think so. Um, mostly think just so part either. of the Wildstorm stuff. Um, but I'm I'm super stoked for that. Jack Hawksmore is, is one of the coolest characters in that original lineup, The Authority. Um, and I, I was a little apprehensive at first just because um, Jack Hawksmore is... Um, I don't know if I've ever used this term before, um, but I'm just going to talk about it very briefly. Um, but Jack Hawksmore, like many of uh, Warren Ellis's characters, is a very Warren Ellis character, which means he is written in a very specific way and has a certain voice. Um, and for anyone who's read his works, you know exactly what I mean. A Richard Fell, a Spider Jerusalem, a Jenny Sparks, they all have a very specific type of voice that you just know when you hear it. Um, and Jack Hawksmore definitely fits into that line of character. So initially I was, I was a little apprehensive because you kind of need that voice if you're going to use a character like Jack, Hawk, like Jack Hawksmore. Uh, try saying that ten times fast. Um, but I thought about it a little bit more and I thought about what could potentially be done in a you know, contemporary DC timeline. 
um, with Jack Hawksmore, and I think there could be some stuff there, so I'll, I'll wait and see before I make any final judgments. But I'm definitely interested to see how they might fit that in with all the green stuff, because that's, that's definitely out of his wheelhouse. Um, but, you know, just from a fan perspective, even if it isn't the perfect voice, it is just kind of cool to see Jack Hawksmore back. He's, he's, he's awesome. Um, and it was definitely one of my favorite parts of The Authority. So um, if I haven't made it clear, this issue is awesome. Definitely pick it up. I believe the first trade is already out. Uh, and if you haven't been reading this series, you definitely should. Um, but this was a very exciting return, and I'm glad to have the book back. Uh, it got an 8.5 for me. And it deserved it. I mean, holy freaking cow. This is... First, let me add saying how fantastic this art is. Perkins and Spicer belong in the horror universe. Such a great team for such a wild-ass atmosphere. Beautifully done, inside and out, because that's a sexy-ass cover, too. This is... Y'all, if this what's coming out over the next, what, five issues left? I mean... Great googly moogly. This is amazing. If he pulls this off, it will be even better than the first half of his run. This is Swamp Thing, and I I didn't think it could get any better than the first part of his run, but it it looks like it's going to. There's so much more going on. I was pulled into something that was a multi-issue origin story, and truly not much more than that, and it was amazing this sets up a whole new slew of shit to come and i i hope it's going to continue if not can we ask that can can fan demand bring it back again (laughs) i know ram v has been teasing it i i I just want to make it so does a story have to end absolutely characters don't though and we've had we had we had Alec Holland as Swamp Thing forever. Uh, I would really like to see Levi sticking around for quite a long time. And this unique voice that he has given to this Swamp Thing, I would be worried about other people being able to carry it on. I, If I'm not making it perfectly clear, I am completely in love with Ram V's Swamp Thing, especially with this issue. Number 11 gets a 9.5 out of Josh. That's me. <laughs> yeah, this feels like it never left. Um, You're right. Yeah, there's, there's, <laughs> yeah there's, there's more players on the now new board, I guess, because the story is a little different, but we still don't have an Alec. Not that I'm complaining about that. Um, we were, I think, promised that there was going to be more descriptions or more story about Alec Holland and what happened to him in the future. But I'm super excited with what we've got right now. Uh, this is gearing up to be the Green's biggest story in ages. I am still 100% sold. I gave this a 9 out of 10. Oh, awesome. yeah, this is the best thing since since grant morrison sniffed around on it it's i just i i I love it so much (laughs) (laughs) all right well if we're all done uh talking about swamp thing we'll go to another corner of the dc universe that's uh going through some interesting changes right now and that's atlantis with aquaman number two which i'm going to pass over to rob for discussion 
Gladly. So this Aquaman, Aquaman. I keep wanting to say Aquaman's Aquaman number two uh, from Raiders. Chuck Brown and Brandon Thomas with pencils from Sammy Basri, inks from Vincent Cifuentes, colors from Adriano Lucas, and letters from And World Design. What were you talking about, Brandon? Sorry. Were you talking about my thing? What we said first what? pages? Oh, no. I'm oh, no, sorry. He was responding to Nathan. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, sorry. I thought that was like a secret message. Okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> Aquaman number two. So, Jackson's having it out with Arthur and Manta using his aquakinesis to blow them down and escape with the body Manta was testing. Jackson takes it and heads to Atlantis to gather the family to talk about what's going on, and none other than Garth, that's right, Tempest himself, arrives first, closely followed by ah. Tula, Mera, and Dr. Shin, another surprise appearance. Yeah. Dr. Shin examines the body and finds some Atlantean features and physiology inside, which raises many questions for the group present. Meanwhile, Arthur and Manta head into Atlantis themselves, and go to the ninth tried and find a secret lab housing the machine that activated the Atlantean sleepers. Just before that, they were attacked by what I believe is the trench, because it looked a lot like the trench, which seemed a little odd, and then they kind of just fought them off and the trench disappeared. Why were they there? But anyway... Uh, together they turn it off, but Manta is nearly killed doing it as activating the machine or even just operating the machine causes great pain and shock to the users. And after they succeed in shutting it down, the chamber that they're in begins to crumble apart. Jackson, not trusting near anyone right now, goes alone to see Orm in the prisons and demands answers, but when he won't give them... Jackson then uses his aquakinesis on Orm himself, specifically on his body, twisting it and writhing him in pain unless he gives the information he's asking for. Jeez. Woo. Yeah. Jackson's going to some dark places. This, forget oh, yeah. One Dark Knight. This is One Dark Sea. This, yeah. I can definitely see a new Manta potentially coming from him, which Maybe. I really hope is and not I, the case. I, I hope hey, the family can reach I know. Him. Aquaman I, I number one. That, I said uh, that. Yeah, I was. I was I, hoping that uh, the the benefit of bringing in the larger Aqua family into the story is that they'll kind of be, you know, that support that Jackson needs. Um, you know, so he doesn't go too far off the deep end. Um, and uh, I, I think the one thing that I had asked for in the last issue, or really since Aquaman: The Becoming, was. You know, we should see more of, of Garth kind of being that mentor to Jackson because Garth has certainly been through his shit with Arthur before. He certainly knows better than anyone how to handle that um, that darkness. Um, and I was just like, okay, this would be the great time to bring him in and be like, hey, man, I was Aqualad too. I know what that's like. I'm in a better place now. I also have my place among the Titans. I can be here for you. And I feel like they're teasing that. And I'm, I'm just I'm glad that they're bringing in the larger family. Um because I, I feel like with, you know, Aquaman and, and certainly some other characters, we never get to see a lot of the families enough. Um, and and I, I think just bringing them in as like that extra support will be great. I hope you're right. 
I really especially I Garth. Really do. Garth is so cool. Yeah. The in in the becoming, and then in this first issue of Aquaman, and definitely now in this one, I just we see a lot of seeds that are pointing that Jackson is supposed to be Aquaman, but may end up being the next Black Manta. We don't know, but. Yeah, right now I feel like it could go either way and I would buy either direction. It, totally believable. But man, Manta yeah, and Arthur working together? Say again? It would be an interesting direction. I, I don't know how I'd feel about Jackson being the next Manta, only because he, since his inception, the whole story for him has been trying to to get away from that and not be considered mm-hmm. this Black Manta's son, like abolish the evil in his family and be a good person if we're going to just give that up now albeit with some fairly decent reasons because he's being lied to left right and center his mother is gravely injured because of bullshit i can understand it would put a lot on somebody but i really hope they can turn him around everybody keeps lying to him nobody trusts him nobody believes the word he's saying everybody's like no, no, Aquaman can't be working with Manta. You must be misunderstanding something, or there, there's a plan. He's like, dudes, he attacked me. He, 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 he attacked me to defend Black Manta. Like, dude threw a water trident at me. <laughs> but um, yeah, you you would think Manta and Arthur would have told someone. And uh, like I said, Jackson's looking very much half Arthur and half Manta at this point. But this book is 100% badass. I'm having a lot of fun with it. I'm, I'm, on, I'm, I won't say I'm on the edge of my seat, but my curiosity has peaked all the way to 100 to see where Jackson ultimately lands. The Manta side of him keeps leaking out, and I just I can't help but wonder if he's going to turn villain or maybe even antihero. Uh, watching him mess Orm up, twisting his body like that whoa and wow i mean that was pretty cool i've never seen him use his powers like like that before aquaman books with the exception of black manta they're they're always nice to look at and this one is no exception uh some of jackson's facial expressions seem way over exaggerated while i don't think i can say that about anybody else's but the rest looks really super good I do feel like Jackson has been right about a lot of stuff, and maybe when he comes into a room and says something is happening, people should probably stop telling him that he must be mistaken. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I, although he I'm is the new it. guy, like uh, like Garth says, he's still yeah, the new guy. I mean, that is true. He's <laughs> he's a new guy that's been been around yeah. and through a whole shit ton too. And you know, honestly, Garth kind of went through the same thing. You you would think he'd be a tad bit more understanding. Yeah, anyway. that's why that's why I'm hoping that you know Garth will kind of change and, and step in and be like, hey, maybe I was a little too you know flippant about that. I was a little too or too flip about that. Maybe maybe now is the time that I can finally step in and be the mentor that they promised us like five years ago. At this point, they teased right. that, that <laughs> Garth was going to be a mentor to Aqualad. I was like, oh, it's so great. You know, we could finally have. That aspect that that Donna has with Cassie, that Wally had with Bart, that Dick had with Tim, you finally have something like that for Garth, and they never did anything with it. So I'm hoping they can finally do that here. 
Because as I said, Garth is awesome. Yeah, Garth (laughs) is awesome, and and he deserves more attention. I agree. Not just because I'm a Titans fan. 8.25 out of 10. 8.75 out of 10 for me. Uh, 8.5 for me. Everything's an 8.5 this week, I guess. Fair enough. So it's good stuff. On to our next book for this week. Uh, Kick off of quite a large event, I would say. Um, Definitely quite uh, large in its its scope, at least. Um, And that is Shadow War Alpha. Number one, a crossover between Deathstroke, Inc., Robin, and Batman, at least for the next month or so. Um, And this is our official first start of it. We've had all the seeds planted for the past month or so. So now we'll see how it all kicks off, um, which I will let Josh uh, tell us all about. Why, thank you, kind sir. Written by Joshua Williamson with art from Victor Bogdanovich and Daniel Enrique. Colors from Mike Spencer and Troy Petiri on lettering wrapped in a cover from John Boy Myers. And boy, what a cover that is. Uh, the artist's name isn't ringing a bell, but I do hope I get to see it a lot more. I'm not forgetting Are you guys familiar with John Boy Myers? He did the first couple issues of the Rebirth Titans and then um, has done some other stuff that I'm drawing a blank on right now. Um, okay. I think maybe some Wildstorm stuff back in the day. All right. Uh, this was pretty damn good. But the issue inside the cover, it starts out in Nepal with right with Raish al Ghul reminding himself of who he is and what he's been able to do until a coughing fit breaks his concentration. I can relate to that. And he has to concede that uh, he is just an old man. He then hears Damien and Talia practicing swordplay in the courtyard and he goes out to watch. The book then moves to Gotham. For a brief second, we see Lockup, a weird villain vigilante. Who uh, gathered up people released on parole from Blackgate. And he has plans to sell them into some kind of slavery. That is, of course, until Batman shows up. Right after, Oracle patches a news feed into Batman's cowl showing a news feed that says Raish and Talia al Ghul will be willingly turning themselves in, of course with a list of demands, one of which is making a, pub- a public statement prior to his arrest. In Nepal, Talia is none too happy about it and obviously had no hand in the d- decision. Doesn't sound at that time like she's going to be going along with it, but Raish asks her to trust him. In Gotham, again, Damien shows up to offer Bruce a chance to talk, but only after they make sure that Raish and Talia are safe turning themselves in. Raish takes the podium for his public address and says he's messed up he'd like to share the science of the lazarus pits and what he has learned that will save our our future um if i just want to interject here real quick and say if you know that literally thousands of people not only want you dead but will try to kill you maybe don't do your public addresses outside just an idea <laughs> but uh he should have thought of that because that's when deathstroke uh, deathstroke blah, blah, blah. that's when deathstroke shoots him in the head from atop a roof just like where batman and robin are roosting 
wondering how he pulled that off, but Talia gets hit too, though it looks like she just gets hit in the shoulder. While Batman goes after Deathstroke, he launches a whole slew of remote detonated grenades toward the podium, telling Batman to take me down or save them. Damien rushes to grab the grenade that is laying right next to Raisha's head, and Batman swoops in to pull him away as the grenade was about to go off. It explodes and decimates Raisha's body, obliterates it. There's no Lazarus Pit going to save it this time. Robin is very unhappy and launches at Batman, wanting to know why he didn't find a way to save Raish, because that's what Batman does. Why didn't he let Damien try? And Batman says, because you're my son, damn it. That's not enough for Robin and blames Bruce for losing for him losing two grandfathers. Fair enough point. Now, Robin is going after Deathstroke to take him down, dead or alive, and without Batman. Meanwhile, Talia has gotten away, though wounded badly. She, she tells her soldiers not to place her in the Lazarus pool, but to call her a doctor. Also, she says to call all of her shadows home. Now, when she said that, I assumed she meant they're assassins, but nope. It's a bunch of costumed assassins, a pretty big group of them, as a matter of fact, that at one time or another we've seen work for the League. All kinds of them. Sportsmasters in there, there's all kinds of people in there. Their mission? To go after Deathstroke, his entire family, and anyone who has ever worked with him or tried to protect him, and kill every last one. And Zendia, the members of Deathstroke Inc., aren't happy with what Deathstroke dig did. Only after talking to Deathstroke, we find out that it was not Deathstroke. And I did not, it uh, until until Deathstroke said it here in the book, I did not recognize that it was not is, I, I didn't recognize how old of a costume it was. And uh, Deathstroke says it's an imposter. I haven't worn that outfit in forever. And uh, But it's someone who Deathstroke recognizes their moves anyways because he, he thinks it's somebody he's fought before. Just as Deathstroke says we need to be ready for a war, the war starts with assassins crashing in through a window of their headquarters. That's the book. Bogdanovich, Enrique, and Spicer massacre this art, but in all the right ways. This is a seriously gorgeous book in nearly every panel. The action is heavy, but it's not overwhelming. It didn't feel like an oversized issue at all. It read that well. The pacing is great. I'll give it to Williamson, man. It's one hell of a kickoff to an event. It's a damn good read. Now I'm going to say uh, right here, right now, that this issue is probably the best thing Williamson has written at DC to date. That's just my personal opinion. Not it's Robin, right one. really? Yeah, I the, <clears throat> there there there's been there there Robin was good. I really did like Robin, but there was a lot of parts in Robin where it was just. I felt like there were at least two issues where it was just filler, bare minimum. Uh, hmm. Anyway, yeah. we're gonna have to wait and see how the arc wraps up in order to form a comprehensive opinion about it but as uh far as single issues and arc starters man this is the shit 
I really, I really enjoyed it. I gave it a nine out of ten. It is a great opening round. Uh, very solid issue. Very excited for this event. The art is great. The story has twists and turns that you don't see coming. I did catch the costume, but I figured that was just Deathstroke going about it. Like, maybe he's got two different costumes. He's got his assassin costume. He's got his king costume. Like, what's he going to do? So he's on the job. He's got his assassin costume. But no, it's, it's something completely different. The only thing I can say... Two things. One, this better not be a fucking clone saga because we already got two clones on the field. If we get a third, oh, it's God. a clone of Deathstroke. I, I'm slowed. Slowed. Too much. Slowed. <laughs> slowed. <laughs> no, no, it's it'll be it'll be slide, but it'll be spelled with a Y. Yeah. S L Y D E. Slide. Oh. It's me, God. your other clone, Slide Wilson. Otherwise known as Deathstroke. it works works. yeah it works (laughs) uh and the other point i can say is if grant wilson is not back by the end of this i will eat the judas contract (laughs) i would love to see that (laughs) like yeah because if that's happening we're gonna put that shit out there (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) i don't know i don't know if we're gonna get grant back but I feel as though that imposter being Grant would be pretty much the the only way to really bring him back in a great way. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's a little different considering. That, I mean, bringing in two kids, both at the same time, and then what's he gonna do with respawn? who doesn't even have a real name, uh, if Grant does come back. Is he going to throw him to the side? Like bring some major story for Respawn, though, because if that is Grant, like you could basically say that after Deathstroke Inc. last issue, the whole reason he's taken in Respawn is because he lost Grant, and he sees Grant in him, so he's doing this to make up for what he lost. If Grant yeah. is just there and back to life, response kicked to the curb. <laughs> He's gone. Yeah, <laughs> there's no. Fucking it, it could also be like a. It could be like a. Concerned. Yeah, it could also be like a Red Hood thing where Grant sees or maybe saw that um, Deathstroke had taken in another child, um, oh. one who you know would function essentially as his son, and he sees that much like Jason saw. Bruce taking Tim and is like, oh, screw this. I'm going to bring down everything you ever had or, or you yeah. know, will ever do um, for, you know, leaving me in the wind and not coming after me and trying to fill the hole that I left with someone else. Um, I could definitely see that. And I think that could make for, you know, pretty emotional story with Deathstroke and the Wilson family. Um, but I guess we'll have to see. <clears throat> Yeah. Also, fuck Bruce Wayne. Just yeah. Oh my God. What a dick. I I will say you had your touching father son moment. I know. You did what Barbara said, and and you hugged your son, (laughs) and it was there. And then he's like, you had to go. He's like, he's like, like, I okay. Seriously, I I I didn't know if you were gonna mention that. 
But I, I was going to I, I was going to bring that up because I was like, that is like one of the worst things you could possibly say to your yeah. son who is grieving right now. Like Will Smith you know, should slap you. If I know, I was like it was like you know, I, I like I, I think I, I think I get what Bruce was trying to say. Like I would have been there to take care of you, but the way in which he said it was so fucking terrible. He's just like, Well, if I was there, I would have been able to save Alfred's life after your son failed to save his grandfather is like why would you say that that's so right. terrible 13 year old tied to a fucking chair yeah I, if i was there i would have been able to do it yeah <laughs> man fuck uh, it's, it's so terrible that's like, it's it's, the worst thing you could possibly in. say that man is canceled yes that <laughs> man wins worst father of the year third year running third yeah. third <laughs> yeah third he successfully <laughs> took the title from goku Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, so fucking <laughs> I, I just needed to say that. Nine out of ten for this yeah. though. Solid first issue. I cannot wait to see how this goes. Yeah. Yeah. Very action packed, exciting start. Pretty fast read too, which um I was I was surprised by. It just flowed very fast and um uh, very evenly i think and um it, i just looking at the cover it, it reminds me of like those classic dc events that you might read where it has all the characters and you're like oh man this is going to be you know a big epic saga involving all these moving parts and i get the sense that it definitely will be with the al ghouls and batman and robin and deathstroke and everything else that's going on so i'm, I'm really optimistic about this one um I, i've definitely been enjoying robin and Certainly Deathstroke Inc. more than I had expected to. Um, and I think this was just a really great way to start what might be, you know, a really epic story involving all these characters. Um, and <clears throat> just as a final point, the series, or not the series, the issue got an unexpected laugh out of me um, in a moment that, that should not have been funny, but was made funny, where um, after saving Damien, Bruce, or after, yeah, after saving Damien, um you know, Bruce is, is tr- kind of trying to reach out to him, and Damien is absolutely livid. Uh, and Bruce says, I was out of options. I made a call. And Damien's response is just to swear. <laughs> it's just like, I, I, don't know, I don't know what it was about that, like, immediate reaction, but it just made me laugh. Where he's just like, oh, I was trying to save you. He's like, no, bullshit. It just, you, it just made me laugh Fuck for you. some reason. <laughs> yeah, it just, it just made me laugh. But, um, yeah, no, this is a really solid start, and uh, I'm hoping it kind of uh sticks with this uh you know great start um throughout the rest of the uh crossover so it got an 8.75 out of 10 for me all right well i guess that's it for shadow war then huh it is um Mm -hmm. and i guess it's fitting that uh with one Beginning out of the way, we have to move on to a finale of another crossover that we've been reading, uh, and that is War for Earth 3, uh, number two, another five-part saga, um, although I use the term saga loosely uh, because this series <laughs> Very is... Very loosely. I, I, don't, I don't know that I would call it a saga in any context, um, but yes, this is... The final chapter of War for Earth 3 brought to us by the writing team of... I'm sorry, I didn't write it down, so I'm just looking at the issue. Um, Dennis Hopeless and Robbie Thompson. Um, 
with art by um, where the hell is his credits page? Um, there we go. Uh, Kieran McCown with Dexter Vines, Ariel Olivetti, Julio Ferreira, and Brent Peoples with colors from Matt Herms and lettering from Simon Boland. Um, <clears throat> I I was really confused by this issue. Um, so if at any point I leave something out that maybe will give it more context, please feel free to just kind of jump in. Um, okay. But the last I remember in Teen Titans Academy, the Titans were bracing for something. I think they were either waiting for... The syndicate to show up or, or something like that um and in the last issue of flash it dealt with johnny quick taking the cosmic treadmill so i assumed all of that was going to be reintroduced in this issue but when we start with the crime syndicate um sort of making their attack on metropolis it doesn't really mention any of that um and i thought it was like did did I miss something? Like, what What the hell is going on? Because I, all I remembered was they were on Earth 3, the crime syndicate was at least, and Amanda Waller had made her deal. They went to, like, Superman's Fortress of Solitude, and then we went to the Flash and Titans issues. So I was, like, reading this, I was so confused. I was like, what's going on? How, why are they on, like... Anyway, um... <clears throat> So the uh, Rick Flag-led Suicide Squad is making their assault alongside the Titans on the crime syndicate, hoping to stop whatever disastrous, horrible, evil, insane plans that Amanda Waller has by fighting with the crime syndicate and ultimately taking her off the board so that she can't really, you know, control them and lead them anymore. Um, there are various other machinations made in the background, but most of the issue focuses on Flag and the Titans uh, collaborating <coughs> to figure out a way to take down Waller um, before she can do any more damage on Earth-3. Um, meanwhile, Bloodsport, kind of from afar, is trying to do the smart thing, which is take down Amanda Waller permanently um, and shoot her, but unfortunately does not have luck and takes out the wrong guy. Um, giving away his position and uh, letting her know that she is not safe at all um, and needs to make her way out of <coughs> Earth 3 as quickly as possible um, before Flag that. Suicide Squad, yeah, before Flag Suicide Squad or anyone else can get the upper hand and properly depose her. Um, so she makes the somewhat smart call and decides that instead of trying to win them in any kind of physical victory, um, she is going to hold a little bit of leverage over them, uh, and reveals that she has some of the Titans who had tried, uh, to attack her earlier, kidnapped by a, some other member of the Suicide Squad that I'd forgotten named Yorick. Um, was he yeah, in an earlier yeah. issue of the Suicide Squad? I had completely was... forgotten, if I'm being honest. He yeah. Was, yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I thought that was familiar, but I was like... I, I just completely forgotten. Um, like, but in any you case, need to save um, Yorick for one book and one book only, and pick a different name for some bird-looking dude. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, I mean, I guess Yorick is technically a. You know, it can be used in any context, but 
the, the real Yorick, the only one that matters outside of Shakespeare, is in a book called Why the Last Man, which you should absolutely it's read over book. this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in any case, uh, Amanda Waller is, you know, setting up her whole deal and uh, is making negotiations with um, the Suicide Squad and the Flag Titans that um, I guess will take the crime syndicate off the board but still give her access to Earth-3, if I'm remembering that correctly. Um, yeah, that's her plan. And she is able to do that um, and contains most of the crime syndicate, starting with Ultraman using his version of the Phantom Zone projector, which, if it's an Earth-3... You know what, I'm not even going to go there because the, uh, we're going to go down a rabbit hole. And, like, I don't feel like pointing out all the loopholes in this story because we're going to be here all day. But in any case, she's able to contain the rest of the crime syndicate um, and, you know, uh, essentially send them off into another location of the multiverse while still having access over Earth-3, but promising that she won't be too aggressive about it. So I guess this whole thing was about taking the crime syndicate off the board allowing for Amanda Waller to assert control over Earth-3, which I guess the Titans and the Suicide Squad are fine with. They're just like, all right, whatever, we'll just go. Um, because at this point, maybe they're just tired of fighting, so they're like, all right, we'll just bounce, and you can do whatever you want. We're, we're yeah. done with this game. Um, totally sounds the, like the Titans. That's right up Dick yeah, we, like, we, yeah, we have the... Okay. Yeah, Literally, they're just like, okay, all right, bye. Um, And I guess they have their whole situation to deal with with the tower. So maybe that's why. But in any case, um, after getting rid of the rest of the crime syndicate, Amanda Waller reveals that she has one final proposition that she'd like to make with some of the other members of Flag's Suicide Squad, um, as well as some others. Um, And that is... Well, I don't know. I guess I should spoil it, um, but because it's not really that important. But uh, basically, um, she'll be staying on Earth three, as I previously mentioned, with her own private Justice League, thus filling kind of the role that they'd had in the Future State Justice League, but not exactly the same. Similar, but not the same. Um, and that's War for Earth three, I guess. I don't know. I, I feel like I didn't really do the summary that well but to be honest i was just really confused at a lot of points and it felt like there were things that i thought had been set up that just weren't mentioned again and i i thought i was going crazy um you weren't going crazy uh, yeah uh, because i just i don't know the the series felt really messy so far and i mean the first chapter was fine like it wasn't terrible It, it had some exciting moments but it wasn't anything great um, but I think after that issue of Suicide Squad, it really just sort of fell off. The issue of Flash was basically just an issue of Flash. It wasn't even a War for Earth 3 tie-in with, you know, with the exception of the Johnny Quick stuff. Um, and even that didn't really matter in the end. So um, I don't know. It, it was just very messy and very strange. And this issue was uh, uh, just kind of a mess. So I ended up giving it a 6.5 out of 10. The art's not bad, but, you know, it's just like... I'm just kind of asking myself if the whole point was just to get an Earth 3 that was free of the crime syndicate so Waller could have her own Justice League, why bring in the Titans and everyone else when you could have just had a three-issue story in the Suicide Squad series that did this with just 
the Suicide Squad and Waller's, you know, version of the Suicide Squad or Crime Syndicate or whatever. Makes no like, sense. Why, what was the whole point of this event bringing in all these other books? I just, I don't really understand, but it's over now, so it doesn't really matter. <sighs> what did well, you think, Rob? I suspect it's not over. <laughs> well, God the event is like... over, yeah. Yeah, the event is over, but I, and it's not even really really based on the whole never the end thing that they have at, at the at the bottom of the last page. It just there's so much left open that there's no way the stories. If this is the actual end of the story, I'm just pissed. Like there's so many inconsistencies, open plot holes. Art between the two artists was confusing because you have. Superwoman going between Donna Troy's costume to Lois Lane's costume and then back to Donna Troy's costume in the same fight and it made no fucking sense. What happened to Agreed. the uh, Cosmic Treadmill from the only good part of this entire crossover, the Flash portion, part three? Where was that? What was the whole point of that? I mentioned during the last time we talked in part four that johnny and wally and mirror master seem to have no recollection of the entire adventure they had on earth one or earth zero uh with the cosmic treadmill because they didn't even recognize each other wally had no recollection that that happened did not mention it to the titans or anything so what the hell and now even more uh forgetting that even happened because now the cosmic treadmill is not even mentioned let alone shown in the art so yep. there's absolutely no reason that part needed to exist. And Brandon, you're right. They could have just kept it to three friggin' parts and left the Titans and Flash out of it. 100%. It makes no sense. It's it's pathetic at best. And when we have most of the titles going through their pacing, going through the motions, and getting their stories to shy away from the future state this is leaning in hard and yet the team we see at the end is a very different team from what we see in future state uh like for example i, I think her name was alinta on the titans uh in teen titans academy she's not there mm-hmm. and there are other people but that doesn't mean it can't change the next five years five ten years so who the I hell guess. knows um we never found out why or how johnny is back we just know he was in the Speed Force, and for some reason he's very zen now. But there was no explanation on that. There was so much left open. Why did half the team just decide to go along with Amanda Waller? Why did Rick Flag throw a fucking temper tantrum and destroy the one thing that could stop Ultraman? Who the hell is this brainiac Etrigan? That's the coolest part of this thing, and it's the only thing I'm actually like, really excited about as a question because that looked badass as fuck. I want to go to that Earth, not Earth three. Yeah. I just so much bullshit. I can't deal with it. I'm happy it's done. Four out of ten, only because some of the art was <laughs> oh, really interesting. Well, I Rob, <laughs> I read it and I went, "What the literal hell was that?" <laughs> there, 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 there was a consistency. The art was mediocre at best, and also very inconsistent. There, there was some good parts to the art, but for the most part, it was rather unimpressive because the, the going between it was just it was so jarring, so different, and like you said, fucking costume changes in the middle of a fight, big landmark event or not, 
No matter how much the big wigs at DC like Earth 3, it is yet another blunder. The only good issues in this arc were the ones outside of it that had barely anything to do with it. I'm, I'm looking at you, Flash. I, I can't believe that this has been getting set up for months to end like this. But oh wait, yes I can believe it ended like this because it's Earth 3 where it's guaranteed every story will suck. The part that ticks me off the most is all the unnecessary tie-ins and lead-ups to this throughout the main books for no reason. I've said it before uh, already, the Cosmic Treadmill, the whole point of the, the entire Flash tie-in. Not even whispered one time in any of the books other than the Flash tie-in. The TTA inclusion... Sure, maybe they were trying to pull in some of the future state shit, but the tie-in that happened in Teen Titans Academy could have been summed up in like three panels in one of the Earth 3 books. There was no reason to have that tie-in at all. And really, why did you bring in the Titans just to have them be very anti-Titan? Like, yeah, we're going to fight until the bad guy says we shouldn't anymore. Now we're just going to go home. Bullshit. Just yeah. bullshit. Having the students involved made no sense. It, it went nowhere. It was a plot device to make the Titans go home. I mean, seriously? As I suspected, and as is always the case, a crime syndicate slash Earth 3 storyline is just a massive waste of time. I, too, gave this a 4 out of 10. Amen. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. There's uh, there's really nothing else to say. If you if you are looking for at least I would say a decent story with the crime syndicate, check out JLA Earth Two. Not only is it cheaper than this, but it's far better and far tighter. Um, and you know it's yeah. it's a Frank Quitely book, so you know it's going to be good. Um, much better and more engaging story uh, than this, which ultimately just was kind of a mess at the end of it. If you want better than this, read Forever Evil. Yeah, I, w- I would even say, like, Forever Evil, which I didn't love. Yeah, Forever Evil, which I didn't love, is a better story than this. <laughs> At least it's yeah. more fun. Uh, yeah, well, I'm not going to get into tearing all of it apart, but I guess I kind of already did. Just flat out, this sucks. <laughs> if you are saving up money to buy this... Because you haven't had it go out, you haven't had a chance to go out and read this arc yet. Just save it and spend it yeah. on literally anything else. Yeah. Yes. Buy Earth Two. Buy Forever Evil. They're probably both pretty cheap, and and uh, and you will get more enjoyment out of them than this. If you feel if like you need to watch. If you feel like you need yeah. to read a book about the opposite versions of, of heroes that are written poorly, designed poorly, and serve no purpose, absolutely. By all means, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, with the money you spend on this, you can, if you're in Canada, you can go to your local Dollarama and pick up a whole stack <laughs> of trades, some of which are really, yeah. really good. And spend your money yeah. wisely. There you go. That would be smart. Books recently. Yeah. Do that. 
don't read this drivel. Uh, I really hope that we have at least, you know, until we get anything else that even so much as brushes up against the crime syndicate or Earth Three. I hope I hope it's at least an, another twenty five years before we see that again. That would be good. I'd be okay. If we do, just get a team that actually has a good plan, please. Please. Something that's interesting, please. Don't just, like, use them to use them. Use it for a reason. Don't just be like, ah, oh, it's cool to go to Earth 3. Yeah, maybe, but you don't need five issues of it. Um, Why is it cool You certainly to don't to need Earth it if 3? you're bringing in that. I don't know. I mean, you know, exactly. it's, it's like, exactly. it's, like, it's, you like know? it's like the, it's like the mirror universe in Star Trek. It's just kind of cool to see. Um, but you know, it needs a, it needs a better purpose. Like, um, they need to you know, flush like, the crime syndicate. If they want to have a mirror universe, they need to completely start from scratch. Ultraman, yeah. Superwoman, Johnny quick. Uh, what's his name? Power ring. They are all ridiculous characters. Ridiculous characters. I've, I've I've never been able to find them enjoyable in any story, including Quietly's. It's just not. It's 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 just not for me. Hmm? But yeah, that's if, it. If you want to read a better Earth Three story, read Bendis's Young Justice. Oh, for Christ's Even sake! Even that. <laughs> Even fucking that. Yeah, yeah. Even that. Even that. I would say is better, and that one definitely got messy. Um, well, on that sour note, we'll, yeah, (laughs) yeah, let's not hash that again. Um, but yeah, on that sour note, um, yeah, yeah. On that sour note, let's, uh, let's go to something that's uh, a lot more positive, um, than that with our top three books of the week and our standout moment. I'm going to pass it over to Rob to kick us off. Um, so Rob, what were your top three for this week and your favorite moment? Okay, so my top three, starting at number four, I had DC versus Vampires. Uh, I just wanted to give that a special mention because I, I friggin' loved it this week. <laughs> it, it's been a hell of a run. Um, super, super good. And finding yeah. out about the Vampire King without throwing any spoilers out there, that caught me off guard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it would have if text. some asshole on Reddit hadn't spoiled it for me two months ago. But. Uh, uh, see, that's yeah. why. That's why I stay away from that shit. Wait, two months ago? <laughs> yeah, people have been theorizing it for a while, and someone put out a theory, and I was like, "There's no way that's possible." And then I read the six issue. I was like, "Fuck, damn it!" I know it's not even. It's not even. It's not even special. So, um, yeah. yeah um, unfortunately, I was kind of double check if if we had spoiled that because i couldn't remember because that 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 initially is my favorite moment but i will have a backup favorite moment for when i get there uh so for the real top three number three i had swamp thing it's a welcome return feels like i never left number two i had shadow war alpha we we've said enough number one uh beyond the white knight went beyond my expectations and (laughs) yeah i'm just happy that's here you know favorite moment i'll just pick one from white knight it's all good so many amazing panels so many amazing turns and twists i think maybe my favorite might be that one page spread of uh red hood and the new robin with the tease of a red hood oh, special man. coming soon so excited 
Hell yeah. Uh, um, my top three are kind of similar, almost. Uh, number three, I gave to Aquaman. It's a riveting story, and I'm I'm nearly addicted to find out what is going to happen with Jackson. Number two was Shadow War. It was amazing, and number one, uh, the best comic series that I have been reading in so very long is Swamp Thing. It seems like all we do is gush about it, but if you enjoy good stories, you would too. But um, my favorite moment is if you take out everything that happens before and after it and the one line of dialogue, it's the it's the splash of Batman hugging Robin. I think it would have been a lot better without the because you're my son, damn it, line. But it is, it's still done so well it looks so good and just checking out the picture it does make you feel a little bit for sure you just have to forget everything that comes before and after that and and you can really appreciate what's going on in that picture (laughs) very cool yeah definitely um for me at least my top three this week um were number three with uh, swamp thing number 11 a very welcome return Number two with Batman Beyond the White Knight, a fun twist on the Batman Beyond mythos that I'm very much looking forward to seeing uh, how that that all plays out. Um, But number one for me was definitely the Shadow War Alpha, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, It feels like an exciting start to something that could be a really kind of classic, fun event um, with all these characters involved. Uh, My favorite moment, pretty simple, uh, just, you know, kind of total fan service, but I love it, is the splash page of uh, Batman holding the chains with the Batman ink suit. I always love it when we get the Batman was... ink suit. So every every time we get to see that, especially a full splash page of it, definitely going to put that in my top uh, favorite moments. Dude, I almost picked that one for mine. I was like, <laughs> I, I, I shit you not, I looked at it and I said, that's the Batman ink suit. Brandon's going to pick this one. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I know me so not, well. That's... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's uh, I love it, and uh, it feels like something that's born to be wallpaper. So, I'll definitely be trying to find a way to get this on my phone or uh, iPad or something. There you go. All right, well, that Ugh. was good. Those were some damn good books. They were. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. But. but thank well. You. Oh, that's nasty. Oh, I thought you were setting me up for a butt joke. That's unfortunate. Oh. (laughs) You know, because it's the biggest stinker. Toilet, butt. Need I spell it out for you? Um, Well, with that introduction, that failed introduction, um, let's get into our our biggest stinker. I think we can all agree which one it's going to be, so there's really no drama in it. Um, Oh, yeah, for sure. War for Earth 3? Yeah. Yeah, no surprise there. Nobody in the world can wave this away. Yeah, (laughs) no, but we can flush it. It's it's a stain. It's a stain. It's a hardcore stain. It's one you can't get Uh, out no matter how bad you scrub. Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) 
I just really want to know what happened to the cosmic treadmill. It it's such Nothing. a MacGuffin item nowadays. You probably never will. <laughs> I never will. You it's, probably it's never. I hope not. Favorite things from Flash history is the cosmic treadmill because it's such yeah. a fascinating piece of equipment. It's so campy and stupid, but I love it. And I I, I, I assume Wally is going to yeah. I assume Wally is going to acknowledge that at some point. Like, hey, someone stole the cosmic treadmill from the Flash Museum. We should probably do something about that, right? No, 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 no. I have an even better idea. Whoever's writing Flash just forgets it happens, and then we leave Earth three all on its own, and we never have to pay attention to it again. Deal. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't want them to forget the cosmic treadmill, but if they can just explain that somehow it came back, yeah, forget that it was. Yeah. If if you can, yeah, if you can just somehow bring it back, like yeah, unexplained, I'm fine with that. It just showed up. I'm like, okay, cool. (laughs) Yeah. Speed Speed force. Speed force. Speed force. force. It's like the force. You just it explains things away. Yeah. Yeah. Those good old speedy chlorians. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Let's not uh, go down this rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so all right. Well, with all. Organisms in the world. <laughs> yeah. All right. With with all that said and done, that will wrap it up for this week's shorter episode. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. We will be here next week at Talking Comics, and we hope you'll stop by. Remember, of course, to go to notarobotpodcast.com for all of our episodes and our other shows with all sorts of people, as well as Not A Robot on Substack. We're sending out newsletters every now and then. Uh, recently just dropped the new Indie Corner self-plug um, that you should definitely check out, um, as well as some other articles from uh, our frequent collaborators. Um, but with that, there's only one way that we say goodbye around here. Until next time. Be good to each other. And don't be a robot. I'm going to add the outro and post. I'm so tired. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely going to take a nap after this. Oh, God. I'm probably... uh, I'm going to lay in bed and stare at the ceiling and wish I could fall asleep for like the next eight hours. Yeah, that's going to happen. I but, feel yeah. that. <clears throat> oh, man. What a fucking week. Oh, God. It was a pretty good week, save for that one fucking piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Definitely uh, probably the high scores of any week. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think I everything got above an... Everything got above an eight from me, and that's, like, really rare. With the exception of War for Earth 3. Yeah. I'm so happy I read that early. <laughs> read it early? That was the last one I read today. Like, like, uh, right before. List, it was like the second one I read. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah, that was the last one I read today, right before uh, I went to my first class, and I was like, all right, I just need to get this done. Like, I don't even really care. It's just as long as it's finished before 4.30, that's all I need. And it took me, like, 20 minutes or something. I was like, all right, that's it. Like, I don't need to think about this until 4.30. Yeah. <clears throat> I just, it, I've, I've gotten to the point where if I, if I have an inkling that something in that book is going to make me unhappy, I read it at the very end. 
because I don't want it to fuck up my attitude with the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Well, so I had the opposite effect where like I got it out of the way early and then I could just forget <laughs> it ever happened and enjoy good comic books for the rest of the time. <laughs> See, that's I could. It does have that weird happened. effect where it's like, <laughs> yeah, you 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 can read something bad and then you're like, you read something else and you're like, well, maybe this wasn't great, but at least it wasn't the first thing I read, so it already gives yeah. it kind of a leg up. Like, maybe, maybe you know, maybe I don't know. Whatever you had read second, like uh, maybe uh, Aquaman number two wasn't great, but at least it was better than War for Earth three. So already it wins points for that. <laughs> All right. Uh, I read Swamp Thing first. I was like, "Yep, I'm getting into the good shit." Shadow War might not be great. Aquaman might not be great. I know Swamp Thing is going to be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Let me start off my comic reading with that so I have a positive attitude. It's like my coffee for comic books. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys. I'm going to hop off of here and, and, and yeah. wish I was asleep. <sighs> Don't worry. You guys get some rest. All right, yes. guys. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Uh, see you next week oh wait no see you next what um wait oh yeah no next week for our um our uh our steve orlando interview on tuesday yes yes it's oh, it's, it's tuesday now i thought it was sunday yeah or saturday no, no it's, it's uh, april 5th yeah which april is, 5th it's yeah. tuesday yeah so it's yeah right before which conveniently times because it's right before marauders comes out on wednesday yeah <laughs> All right. I'll see you guys next week then. All right. Talk to you guys later, man. Bye.